Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. All right, we're going to get right into it here on David the Man of God Harris's winners and losers. David, take it away as we're getting to the end of November. Yeah, end of November, and it's a mad dash to the finish line conference tournament right around the corner. But we'll start, as always, with the winners. And shout out to the Detroit Lions. Now, this is not including all the Thanksgiving games, but even if we want to include the Thanksgiving game against Buffalo, this this team is for real. We you know teased a little bit last week how they play against Buffalo is really going to determine the trajectory of Dan Campbell and whether he's actually you know a legit for real coach or he's just kind of another one in the rotation that's kind of all bark but no bite, but this this team wants to play for him. They were really unlucky. I mean, Josh Allen is just a freak of nature. But, yeah, this, this Lions team is good, and I would not be surprised if they surprised a lot of people and ended up playing some football in January. Actually, I... And I, I I will give credit to where's credit to, even though they did end up losing the, the Buffalo. They, they, they do always find a way to lose there in Detroit, which is something they need to clean up. But they did have a three-game winning streak. It looks like it's kind of turning around. I, I think more or less the issue with the Lions is talent. I think he's still trying to build a good culture. They do play hard for him. Um, but I, I think you're gonna probably going to have to get rid of golf or find something a little bit better than golf. And other positions, they're going to – Swift is always injured. Maybe get another running back out there. Um, but they're slowly building it. But like I said before, the forwards are always in the way. So that was a winnable game. But then again, though, the NFC North is kind of trash, though. Yeah, winnable game. And then you consider, like, they've until really the, really the fourth quarter and really the last half of the fourth quarter, they had really neutralized the Bills out that Bills offense without their best corner in Jeff Okuda. So you're thinking they were down their top two secondary or cornerback options, and they were still able to get to Allen. I mean, granted, Allen's made some horrible throws. But, yeah, you've kind of what Swift out. Jamal Williams is having a breakout year, taking him up from Detroit. I agree. Jared Goff is not going to be your long-term quarterback because they – like, Amon Ross St. Brown is a star waiting to happen when it bursts out. And, yeah, get, get an offensive line that's not going to be hurt. Like, this team, I would not be surprised if the Detroit Lions are a wild card team by season's end. Just with how crazy, even with how crazy the NFC East is. Right, exactly. It, it is a crazy football year, though. And it looks like your, your predictions about the uh, – uh, Arizona Cardinals is kind of coming to fruition. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll jump to that train 
that train wreck of a franchise in a little bit. Okay. But as we, <laughs> as we continue on with the winners jumping to the college game, USC in a shootout, I'm, I'll be honest, I did not think that the Lincoln-Riley camp Caleb Williams project would turn around this quickly, especially going to a new conference where everyone is past happy. Every team can score 50 points given any week. Marquee win against UCLA in the rivalry game last week. Do I think USC is going to be in the playoff now? Because I don't think TCU wins out. Or I think TCU wins out, so they're locked. Georgia's going to be in. And knowing that either Ohio State or Michigan are going to win, I would honestly put a, I would honestly put a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan in over USC, even if USC wins the Pac-12. I know that's crazy because you want to say conference champ deserves it, but, I mean, that that's just where I'm at. I, I still... I don't want to automatically just thrust them into the playoffs and then them, you know, watch them get embarrassed by Georgia. Like, that's not what anyone wants to see. No, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. But it, it's a good story. You know, Caleb, obviously, you know, they got paid the multi-million dollars to go to Southern California from Oklahoma. That's not reckless speculation. That's actual fact. Um, but, yeah, shout out to USC. Football being relevant in Southern California, Sands, as far as we know, you know, any criminal investigation. Um, and one final winner, all of college football, because it was announced this past week that EA Sports is bringing back a college football game. And now the random Joe Schmoes can take Vanderbilt to the national championship. You know, they're quote-unquote relevant people like people on Barstool Sports that will remain nameless, you know, can take a school from the MAC and take them to a national championship or a conference championship and then somehow get a key to the city. I'm not going to mention any names. I've That may or may not have just happened. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah, it's good. Now, the whole name and image and likeness thing blew this out of the water because it was like, look, they're making money. EA Sports is like, we need to be making money. And honestly, EA Sports, NCAA football, is probably going to be played more than Madden. And that's probably not even a good probably. Because everyone everyone has been clamoring this for years. And come next summer, we will finally get our wish. So congratulations to all those national champion Vanderbilt Commodore players. <laughs> Pushing over to the losers, we'll jump right at it. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, like I said it, and some people thought I was a hater. There's just this function all over that program, all over that organization. Um, Cole McCoy is not a starting quarterback in this league, even as a backup. I'm sorry, I, I don't know how many teams he has to show that to. And how many times he keeps getting that call, like, hey, do you want to back up and be a backup in this National Football League? He's... There, there are guys that deserve opportunities. And, yeah, 
the whole thing with Ido Benjamin getting cut and then, you know, not get, uh, alluding to it, subtweeting hard knocks like, hey, you going to talk about me getting cut? Uh, then he gets get picked up by the Texans. I expect him to do well in the back of the road to Damian Pierce. Do you think Alimer- Do you think that it's more or less Kingsbury? Is is it him or what's the deal? I mean, we we say it all the time that culture starts with the coach, and I feel like I feel like Kingsbury is running this like a de facto college program. Like it just gives off that vibes. Looking at some of the stories, reading some of the stories from insiders, it just has a feel like he's not an NFL coach. And I mean, we talked about this when he first got hired. Remember, though, he was had a losing record at Texas Tech, and he had Patrick yeah. Mahomes while he was there. Yeah, he had Patrick like, and that it really wasn't like. Yes, they had the high explosive, high powered offenses, but it wasn't to the magnitude that you would expect. Now, granted, once Packer Holmes got to the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid was like, look, you have a crazy arm, just throw. And, do like, and, you know, the rest is history. So, obviously, some of that we can tend to the right NFL franchise and right NFL environment to nurture you. But, yeah, he's, like, he's a good college coach. And, I like, maybe you can get to that great college coach level – I honestly think that Cliff Kingsbury would have been better suited had he taken the job at USC instead of, you know, and actually staying there instead of taking it for a day and then like, oh, I'm going to go to the Arizona Cardinals because Kyler Murray's coming to me and I, I really want Kyler Murray as my quarterback, which that was also not math made because we, ta- again, we talked about this during that draft process. Is Kyler Murray really a starting quarterback or is he a or is he a scrambler that just so happens to play the quarterback position? Because a lot of a lot of the time when you're watching Kyler Murray play, it's like he's over he's overcomplicating the simplicity of the position because he just wants to scramble so much and he wants to improvise and he wants to be this great scrambling, you know, on the run quarterback. And it's like, fam, read the room. So, yeah, I don't think Arizona's going to make the playoffs. Um, honestly, I don't know how both Kingsbury or yeah Kingsbury and Kyler Murray both make it to the start of training camp next season. I, I just can't see it at this point. I got a question for you, and I thought about this. Is Kyler... Man, what's going on there? You, you on the phone or a Bluetooth or? Um, no, I'm just on the phone. Um, is Justin Fields kind of like Kyler Murray? A little less scrambling, but it almost seems like I don't know. Kyler Murray's arm might be just a tad bit better than Justin Fields, but um, Kyler Murray not a great athlete, but is he really a top tier skilled quarterback? And in in the end, with some of the lacking of I guess height. And like you said, overcomplicating things and really, I don't know if it's dedication to the game because they had that clause in the contract is what's going to hold them back. Really, the Cardinals, is it the coach or is it the quarterback or is it both? That That's a question that needs to, to be answered. But I do think, though, the Cardinals have to think you got a good quarterback. 
But is it going to be to the point where if I give you all these pieces, will Kyler Murray elevate the team to at least be a conference champion? Not a Super Bowl champion, but at least win the conference and get to the Super Bowl. And that's the thing I have with Justin Fields. I just don't think that this is a guy, even if you put all the pieces around him, he's, he's going he's gonna to win you some games. He might win you the division, especially if the division has a down year. But is, it this, is this the guy that can get you to the Super Bowl, and is he a top tier in that top five position of quarterbacks? And that's what I'm seeing with Kyler Murray. Can you win with this guy? No matter who the coach is and the talent is in there, Sometimes it all comes down to Kyler Murray. What say ye? Uh, I think, I think I would right now if I had to build a team, and you give me those two quarterbacks at the starting pieces, I'm taking Justin Fields over Kyler Murray because I think part. Of, I think what helps Justin Fields is that because of the limited weapons that he has and how Chicago likes to be run first, he uses that to his advantage, I think, a lot more. Like, I think if Justin Fields were to say, hey, we need you to throw the ball 30, 35 times, I think Justin Fields would be more suited and fine with that than Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Because I think even though Kyler Murray has a guy like DeAndre Hopkins who makes everybody better, regardless of who's playing quarterback, I... I think if you put Justin Fields in Arizona, I would say the Cardinals would be challenging, if not at the top of the NFC West right now, mm-hmm. with San Francisco. If you put Kyler Murray in Chicago, I think they would be the exact same place that they are. Okay. And yeah, I think Arizona has to make. I think it, first of all, I think it's both Kyler Murray and. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, because Kingsbury put all of his cards in the Kyler Murray basket. The organization put all the cards and traded away Josh Rosen, who we forget they drafted top 10 overall. Right. To get, you know, to bring in Kyler Murray. So it's like a lot of what ifs. And yeah, just they're they're going to be a hamster wheel team if they keep like this. They're going to have great starts and then it's just going to peter out at the end. But yeah, I, I think just I think Justin Fields has the ability to be a top ten, top twelve quarterback in this league mm-hmm. if he if they have weapons. And obviously, that's a big if because you know we were saying Josh Allen was in, and then you give him Stephon Diggs, and it's like look at him. Kirk Kirk Cousins was good. You know, he had flashes of brilliance. You give them Justin Jefferson. Now they're you know pushing, having home field advantage throughout the whole NFC. Mm-hmm. I Chicago, Chicago needs a number one like elite wide receiver badly, mm-hmm. and I don't know if unless they tank, I don't know if they're going to be able to find one in the draft. Mm-hmm. But then again, the Bears could tank, and you know it'd just be well, Bears are the Bears. Okay. <laughs> Continuing on with the losers, the state of Tennessee, the you, volunteers. You I mean, rag on them. Go ahead. Uh, uh, it it just brings me joy when the volunteers talked all this trash about them being the number one team in the country, and people supposedly say that they're the number one team, and then you know Spencer Rattler. 
and South Carolina give them a beatdown. Mm-hmm. The week before that, South Carolina got the barn handed to them by Florida, which makes that loss even worse. Like Spencer Rattler was out there looking like Peyton Manning <laughs> against Tennessee. Like, yeah, some, sometimes you just you just got to trust your gut. I don't know if that's going to be a life lesson, but yeah, just trust your gut, trust your instincts. If Tennessee football is good, they're, it's like Tennessee men's basketball. They get these high seeds, high rankings, and then what do they do? Poop a hammer and crunch time when the championship game is in sight. Mm, true. Uh, sticking with the college game, the Iowa Hawkeyes, good God almighty. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, I don't know how anyone could be a fan of Iowa Hawkeyes football right now. I, I've, we've seen bad football in the MAC, but like Iowa's offense is worse than inept. Like, I, it's hard to understand how they beat seven football teams with that offense. Looking how it does. Like this, this, and I'm also putting the Minnesota Golden Gophers in here because they were a part of that game. Like I know at the beginning of the year, we said, like I said, Iowa versus South Dakota State was the worst football game I've ever seen. Iowa Minnesota is close. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a close second. Like both of those teams just deserve to not play in a bowl game with their performances. Mm-hmm. But I mean. If Iowa represents the the Big Ten, which they have a legitimate chance of doing, depending on what happens with Purdue this weekend, they're going to get blown out by 80. And that's not an exaggeration, because they're not going to be able to score points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry for all the Iowa Hawkeye fans. There's next season, but I, I don't know what you can say. And speaking of not knowing what to say, my last loser, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. <laughs> just, just, sir, like. Yeah, Zach Wilson, and, yeah, he, he got the yeah. loser of the week. Yeah, he's like, everyone's been on him. And part, part of this we should have seen coming, the immaturity and not taking accountability. And part of this was even before Todd McShay's um, draft profile saying, you know, he lacks that maturity, that instinctiveness. He should have stayed in college. We saw it when BYU played Toledo. Mm-hmm. Was is that the number two overall pick? No, and I think the like, last few years, like Baker Mayfield, I think they've been reaches, and we've seen that that guys that were lower picks were better. I mean, think about Mitch Trubisky. You know, he's over there in Pittsburgh on the bench, but he wasn't he picked before Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes? Yep, and, and you know, certain t- coaches are certain tied to certain, you know, tied to certain players like the Kingsbury Murray, like Trubisky and Nagy. Um, well, I, I, I think, I also think, like, you can go back and think about Johnny Manziel. I think some of these guys... You and I are looking at it from the talent standpoint saying, well, what do you see out of this guy? But 
let, let's face it, in the pros, you get guys that just don't evaluate talent very well. And I think what happens is, too, is that people get caught up in the entertainment aspect or other intangibles that the kid has. And I think a lot of people like Zach Wilson because he was throwing it all over the place. And they thought he had a strong arm. But as you said before, when you look on the film, when you watch the kid, there was a lot of red flags there. But, I mean, that just what happens. I don't think Zach Wilson was the number two quarterback, the number two, worthy the number two pick in the draft. Neither did I think that Baker Mayfield was supposed to be a number one uh, pick overall. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is probably was way better than him. He was picked in the second round. As the, what was, it? was he the last pick in the first round or the first pick in the second round, Lamar Jackson? Sure. Last pick in the first round. All right. You see how that that, that turned out. I, I think sometimes in the pros, people try to outthink the room. They try to be Mr. Right or whatever. And obviously, they, you know, if you get a steal, you look like the genius and whoa, whoa, whoa. But I don't know. I, I Like I said, I, I never saw anything. Nothing was eye-popping pop, about this, this quarterback. And right now the Jets – you know, Flacco, I think, is a better option than, than Wilson. But, you know, heck, they had Geno Smith there, and look what he's doing in, in Seattle. So, I mean, I, I don't know. But I do think I agree with you that the, I think some of these quarterbacks, you know, I can understand Justin Fields. You know, I know I don't really particularly care for him. But at the time, I said, wow, you know, at least we got a guy that we can work with. He was workable. I never saw Zach Wilson as a guy or Baker Mayfield as a guy that was workable. It was just too many red flags with these guys. I understand you like the, the they do these interviews and they like the underdog mentality, but you, you're just not that good. You're good enough, but not great. And the, the Jets are going to probably pay for it because they got a really great defense, great defense. Um, some offensive pieces, but th- th- this dude's not the guy. And, and obviously, with them winning some games, you're not going to be high in the draft to get a, a, a great quarterback. But then again, though, sometimes the quarterback falls in your lap at lower picks. But yeah, I, I yeah. didn't see it. I, I agree with you. I didn't. I didn't understand why Zach Wilson was picked so high. Well, it's it's like you were saying, kind of the swagger, the confidence, you know, the bravado that he showed mm-hmm. at BYU. You know, talking about you know whoop. Beat any play, you know, anytime, any place, anywhere. We'll go play anybody. You know that swagger that a lot of people in New York um, gravitate toward, and they liked that, and they appreciated that, and that's why he jumped up on the boards over a guy that we mentioned earlier at the top, you know, top of the section. You know, Justin Fields coming out of that draft class, everyone was like, Trevor Lawrence number one, mm-hmm. Justin Fields number two, like that was. Almost, I don't want to say almost universal, but if you look at a lot of those mock drafts before the Zach Wilson hype train kind of blew him up and a lot of people in the Jets organization were putting their eggs in the Zach Wilson basket, right. a lot of people were saying Justin Fields should have gone number two to New York. And just think, you know, barring injury and if all the other pieces fall into place, Justin Fields with the two-headed running backs that they had in Brees Hall and um, um, Blake, you know, on the other running back for the Jets with their wide receivers and give him that defense, like, there's, like that's harkening back to back-to-back AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez, Jets, 
Like they can get that. Yeah, I just. I think they would be more of a you know a contender in the East. Like I said, I think they could win games. Do I think Justin Fields can take a team to the championship? No, because he doesn't have an arm. Right. You, you saw it against Detroit at the end of the game when now you have to pass the ball down the field and stretch it. He can't do it. But then Josh Allen threw that 40-yard rope to Stephon Diggs at the end of the game to set them up in field goal range. That's the difference between a Fields that can win you some games and possibly win your division and a Josh Allen that can get you to a championship game and possible Super Bowl. See the difference? So I think, yeah, if they would have drafted Fields, I think he's better than Zach Wilson, and I think they'd have a lot more wins, and they'd be more entertaining to watch. But at the end of the day, can he win you some games that that are close that can get you over the hump? Because there's going to be games like that where you're going to have to just use your arm. You're gonna you have to advance the kids. You can't run the ball because the clock gets eaten up. If you don't have you two or less timeout or one or less timeouts, you got to throw that ball down the field inaccurately. And I just don't see Fields doing that. I thought that game with the Bills against the Lions, comparably, show why I don't think Justin Fields is the guy for the Bears. And I know we're talking about Zach Smith or whatever, but right there, Josh Allen yeah. got them right in the field goal range with one throw. And, I mean, he threw that up the middle of the field, and it it was like on a rope. It was Stephon Diggs was the only one that could make a play on it. And boom, they were right there. They ended up hitting the field goal a couple plays later, and they win the game. Justin Fields can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I also think that it's, it's just because Justin Fields doesn't have a Stephon Diggs. No, now, I think no, if they no, had no, weapons, now granted, it also depends on him being able to throw the ball. No, 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 but I think the reason why he takes you know two, three reads and then he's gone is because he doesn't trust a Darnell Mooney late in the game. No, 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 no or he doesn't trust the Chase Claypool late in the game to make that kind of. No, no, no. It's because he can't make the throw, even if he had a Stephon Diggs. Justin Fields was not going to make that throw. That ball would have been floating in the air. It would have been off. It wouldn't have been on time, on target. Josh Allen is a generational talent with that arm. He put that on time, on target. Stephon Diggs didn't have to do anything except just catch the ball. If you notice, a lot of times when Justin Fields throws the ball, people make fun of Cole Komet, but a lot of his receivers have to go make the play. It's never on time, on target. If you ever watch him closely, David, a lot of his throws, if receivers do catch the ball, have to make a play. Either they got to come back to the ball or they got to kind of go off their route. That's what I mean by Justin Fields. Go back and watch the play of Justin Fields throwing the ball past 20-some yards and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That ball is right there. Pink. They all got to do is extend their arms. They don't have to sit up there and try to make a one-hand catch. They don't have to sit up there and, 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 and stop and try to come back and make a play. If, if you look at all of Justin Fields' throws, most of his receivers have to make a play. And these are guys that aren't top-notch receivers. That's the thing. If he had top-notch receivers, they, they would cover up for a lot of his bad throws. But because they're not, you start to get to see this. But they, they don't need to be doing that all the time. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's the reason why I don't think Justin Fields is the guy. That play right there. Both teams in the same situation where they needed a field goal to win the game, and Josh Allen came up big. Because why? He could throw a 40-yard 
throw on the rope right to Stephon, and that was a difficult throw. Justin Fields can't do that. That ball probably would have got picked off because he would have thrown too much air under it. The safety would have got under it and just picked it off. That's another thing, too. He, he can't do it. The, those, those plays either get intercepted or deflected. That has nothing to do with the receiver. Sure. I was just pulling up um, Justin Fields' profile from Ohio State. And like the reason I, I, I kind of think that he can is because coming out of college, that was his strengths, his ability to throw the, into the tight windows, his ability to throw David. the deep ball effectively. David. I, 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 you know in the NFL the tight window is way different than the NFL. You know that and I know that. There's no yeah. way I would ever look at the because I mean, those guys are wide open in college. In the NFL, you have to run precise routes with precise running, or you're gonna get exposed. That's what it is. I, I would tell you this: another thing, Bears were up by two touchdowns. He had Cole Komet open for pretty much kiss the baby touchdown game over. And what did he do? He underthrew him. Didn't even hit him in stride. I think it was a twenty yard. Uh, not a twenty-yard, twenty-yard goal route up the sideline. All he had to do was put it right there in the bread basket. Cole Komet had beat the guy. He catches it. He's to the house. They're up by three scores. I don't think the Lions come back in that game. Instead, he missed them. He underthrew it. I think it almost got intercepted. That's the thing that I'm talking about. He doesn't have the arm strength. He's a very entertaining player. He's not going to last in this league if he's trying to run all the time. That's Look at him now. I don't think he's playing against the Jets this weekend because his shoulders hurt. I knew this was going to happen. He runs too much. He runs too much. He doesn't have the arm. He has enough to do the check downs and stuff like that, but if, if, if he's in a game like Josh Allen was in, the game is over because he can't make those throws. He just can't. It's, it, his throws are wobbly. Even sometimes, even on some of the, the short out routes, you know, a five-yard out is sometimes difficult for him. It, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I, I, I've seen enough from him. You're gonna, he, To me, I just think he's a little bit more of an athletic Mitch Trubisky. He's going to do good between the 20-yard line, but when it comes down to crunch time, what's going to happen is he can't make a winning play to get your – to get you in the end zone or get a chip shot for your field goal kicker. That's another thing with him. He can't throw the ball to the point where the the field goal kicker's kicking a game-winning field goal 30 yards or less, or 35 and less. You're you're kicking 45 yards or more, which, you know, the percentages of them kicking it and making it a little bit lower. Just not the guy. Entertaining quarterback, but you can get him all the pieces that he wants, but I'm telling you, he just doesn't have that arm, that arm talent. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And think about it. He started out at Georgia. Then what happened? Yeah, he went to Ohio State and then. And how many Ohio State quarterbacks have been elite NFL quarterbacks? Well, I would say none, but that's my Ohio State bias. No, I don't think that's Ohio State. <laughs> Seriously, name an Ohio State by a quarterback <laughs> that has gone on and done well. Yeah, there, there hasn't been one. I, I just want to, you know, go back, you know, into black and white film. In the yeah, in the modern game, we haven't seen one in the last you know fifteen years. Everyone, and I mean, granted, that's part of why I say 
CJ Stroud won't be one just because he's, you know, done with the stigma. But yeah. I, I mean, I think and, he's got a better arm than, than Fields. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he has a better arm than Fields. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's going to be the million dollar question. When CJ Stroud gets drafted, can he break? Can you break the curse? Kind of similar to the USC curse. Can Caleb Williams be the first great um, USC quarterback since, you know, um, Matt Leinard or even going back before that, Carson Palmer? You know, but yeah, it'll just be interesting to see kind of just the, the, the continued development. We'll see kind of what, with how the x ray show on the shoulder, how that's going to look. But yeah. It could, what could have been an interesting matchup between the Bears and the Jets is probably going to be a stinker now. You know. Yeah, it, it will be a game I want to watch. But then again, though, Trevor Simeon might show you some stuff. I mean, I'd rather have Trevor Simeon than Colt McCoy backing me up. So True. Or Kyler Murray starting. Yeah, true, true. You got a point there. Uh, and with that, that ends this week's edition of Winners and... Losers. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good one, and, and hopefully people start to see my point about Justin Fields. Not trying to hate on the dude. I think he's an entertaining quarterback, but if if, if your goal is to get Super Bowls, it ain't it ain't him. So that, that's all I gotta say. Uh, I mean, you might want to move the team from Chicago if you want to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, they are kind of somewhat with the, the new stadium, may possibly moving out of the city. So I guess that'll be close enough. Hey, maybe they'll host the Super Bowl and, you know, get the Glory Bears, 85 Bears, you know. Stop, they'll be to a Lombardi. Stop talking about them. I, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of talking about the 85 Bears. Uh, hey, it could be worse. You could talk about, I don't know, the the Steel Curtain. Well, granted, we won two Super Bowls since, since the Steel Curtain. You've been but, relevant. You know, now, this, this, in Minnesota. Well, and plus, you know, this is, you know, this is not a new territory for you. So uh, with the Steelers, you know, usually you guys are pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got a rookie quarterback going through the growing pains and a similar place to what Big Ben was when his, you know, his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And he turned out pretty decent. Yeah, he did. I mean, Hurt yeah. took like way too many shots, but eh, can he learn? Right, exactly. Can he learn? Right. All right, well, they'll do it for us here on uh, 88.3 WCT's Winners and Losers segment. What you got coming up next, David? A uh, quick rocket recap, because, <laughs> good Lord, please, the quad fan, be healthy. Because we can't, yeah, this can't happen in Detroit, four turnovers. But we'll take a look at what happened in Kalamazoo on the other side. <sighs> yeah, listen to 88.3 WCT's after further review. We'll get into this rocket recap. Next, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. WHD's after further review with a picture of Frank Baxter and the horse's head. We'll repost up all the segments. Rocket recap with the Rocket football team. Uh, it's been an interesting one. Next. Next.